all right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Guys, bits of facts like always. Of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday afternoon so far. I'm doing pretty good. This is my WWE Crown Jewel review. Sorry, I didn't get to do it yesterday. I didn't have enough time to do it yesterday. But I got the time to do it today. So, Crown Jewel is back on Saturday over in Saudi Arabia. And I've never been a big fan of the Saudi Arabia shows. I honestly would have to say this was my favorite one. Honestly, I would have to say this is my favorite one. I didn't see the Elimination Chamber back in February because I wasn't watching uh, WWE at the time. But, um, you know, I saw the previous, you know, Saudi Arabia shows. I missed last year's one because I wasn't watching at the time still back in October of last year. The last Saudi Arabia show, the last Saudi Arabia show I saw was actually, um, it was back in, I believe, October of 2019. Was it on Halloween? I believe it was on Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween, yeah, the one on Halloween where, where uh, the Fiend beat Rollins for the Universal Title. So that's the last, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the last time I saw a Saudi Arabia show because I didn't see the one where uh, Goldberg beat the Fiend, and I was, you know, even though I didn't see it, I was pretty pissed off. <coughs> excuse me. Um, but yeah, overall, I've never been a big fan of those shows, but overall, this one back on Saturday, it was good. The card was kind of whatever going into the show but I thought it was good all, uh, um, I all around thought it was a good show I would give it like an 8 out of 10 or maybe even 8.5 out of 10 I thought it was good especially the main event the main event really surprised me really surprised me I can't wait to talk about that but let's get right into the show let's get into the first match right here I'll let you guys know I will talk to you guys tomorrow to make my uh, what week are we in now week 10 of the NFL 2022 season. I believe we're in week 10, so I want to take a quick look. Yes, we are. We're going into week 10. I did go actually, I believe, 10 and 3 with my predictions in week 9. So that's a huge step right there. So we'll talk more about football tomorrow. Let's get to the first match of Crown Jewel. It was Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. And I didn't see that match back at the Royal Rumble because, again, like I obviously said, I wasn't watching at the time. I heard good things about it. I heard good things about their match at the Royal Rumble where Lashley won back the uh, WWE title from Brock Lesnar because, you know, Paul Heyman betrayed Brock Lesnar that night. Um, but overall, this was a decent match to start off, honestly. It was a decent match to start off Crown Jewel. I thought it was going to be a better match, honestly, but I kind of like the way that Bobby got booked in this match. Like, he looked like a total badass against Brock. Because Brock was selling a knee injury during the match. Because Lashley went right after his knee before the match even started. When La- when Lesnar was you know, walking around the ring, Lashley's like, okay, I'm going to go beat the shit out of Brock. Like, you never really seen Brock get manhandled like that, honestly. Other than when he faced Goldberg in Survivor Series 2016. Now, let me just say one thing real quick. I know this is the past. I know it's six years ago. I know it's six years ago. But they could have done that better, honestly, with uh, Brock and Goldberg. So, you know, Goldberg Goldberg beat Brock at WrestleMania 20. Nobody really remembers. Well, people do remember, people do remember the match for how bad it was because, you know, both guys were leaving WWE, so it really didn't matter, honestly. The whole crowd, they knew they were leaving, so they really didn't give a shit. I honestly would have had Brock beat Goldberg. Not like in a minute 20. Let the match go like at least 10 minutes. Brock gets him. You know, you can start to feel maybe Goldberg really doesn't have it anymore. He hasn't been in the ring in 12 years. 
he just lost to Brock. Oh, maybe he doesn't really have it. The fact that he beat Brock in a minute 20, I was like, are you kidding me? After all that hype? If he would have beaten him, like, in 10 minutes, I'd be like, oh, okay, fine. He, he overcame Brock in 10 minutes. That's something. But a minute 20? Like I said, Brock should have won that match. And you could have Goldberg win WrestleMania. That would have been fine. That would have been fine, honestly. Not for the Universal title. They should have never got the Universal title involved. That was their biggest mistake. Or fine, if you want a Goldberg to beat Brock at Survivor Series, okay, fine. Let them go 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Okay, Brock can't overcome Goldberg. Holy shit, even after 12 years. But then he can overcome the WrestleMania 33. Because the WrestleMania 33 match, despite it being short, it overall wasn't that bad. It's like, I think, like five minutes. It overall wasn't a bad five-minute match. I'm not going to lie. But they could have done it better. They could have done it way better than I'm just stating that right there. But Brock and Lashley right here. Like I said, it was done perfectly. It honestly was. Like, Lashley looked like a fucking badass against Brock. You know? He obviously didn't win this match. He didn't win. But he looked really strong against Lesnar. Like, Lesnar was really putting him over in this match. Like, Lesnar was having trouble going for, like, the German suplexes. Like, you could see him grimacing. Even when he was going for the F5, he grimaced. You know, he was trying. But he was really selling for Lashley. That was really good to see out of Brock. Very professional right there. Like, you could tell that Brock really cares about this feud. Because, you know, some feuds you've seen Brock have. Suplex, 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 F5, goodbye. You know, or, the, you know, the guy gets a couple of his moves in. Okay, F5, you're done. Night's over. Like, no. Lashley was really putting the hurting on Brock Lesnar. So that's good to see. That's really good to see. And even Paul Heyman said it best like years ago. Like if you disrespect Brock Lesnar, he's not going to work with you. Kind of like how John Moxley or Dean Ambrose at the time back in 2016. Like he wanted to do all these things against Brock. I think he came off in a bad way towards Brock. And Brock's like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do these things that you want to do. It's kind of same thing with Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Actually, no, I love that. Well, hearing differently, I think they were supposed to do that. Um, they obviously, that, that spot was planned with... Um, Lesnar busting open Orton, so that was actually planned, so my bad on that one. But it is true, though. Paul Heyman did say, if you come off as an asshole to Brock, he's not going to work with you. He's just going to do what he wants. He's just going to suplex you. You're going to come moves in. He's going to have five you. Match is over. Good night. That's just how it is. And, you know, I think that's... Is it a good way to handle business? I mean, people want to see a good match, but you know what? If Brock feels like he's being disrespected... He's the biggest star. In, he's one of the biggest stars in the fucking company. Doesn't matter if he works part time or he's been part time since he's been back for a decade. Doesn't matter. He's still the biggest draw, or the or one of the biggest draws in that company, or in all of wrestling. So if he feels like he's being disrespected, well, he doesn't have to do what he wants. Then he doesn't have to do what you want. I'd say he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But again, like I said, he was really putting Lashley over in this match. He really put him over. And one of my friends noticed uh, they did a finish. Uh, it was like when Bret Hart wrestled, I think it was Roddy Piper WrestleMania 8. Like when Bret Hart was getting beat up, and you know. He was getting beat like crazy by Piper. And he did like the whole, like on the turnbuckle. And he did like the pin. Kind of like when Piper had him like in the submission hold. Kind of like how Lashley had Lesnar in the submission hole and Lesnar climbed the top rope a little bit, climbed the turnbuckles, and landed on Lashley, got a pin, one, two, three. So Brock Lesnar did sneak out with a win. 
know, he really didn't beat Lashley, and he kind of escaped Bobby Lashley. Let's just be real. He pretty much escaped Bobby Lashley. That's the truth on that one. He truly escaped Bobby Lashley. So I kind of expected Brock to get the win, though, because, you know, he, he lost the Royal Rumble. You got to even up right here because they are going to do it one more time. Lashley wasn't going to go 2-0. and That just wasn't going to happen. So you had to know that Brock was going to get a bounce-back win. Not in the way that I expected, but it was smart. Kind of like a little tribute right there to Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper back at WrestleMania 8, I believe it was. So that was pretty cool, honestly. That's a pretty cool tribute. Very nice. And after the match, Lashley was beating up on Lesnar a little bit more, put him in the hurt lock, and walked away. So it looks like Lashley might be the heel going forward. It seems that way. It seems that way. Because I want to talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw because I just got finished watching it a little while ago. So Seth Rollins did his open challenge for the United States title. We did it a second time because the OC and Judgment Day got involved. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Because, you know, we got to talk about the OC versus Judgment Day match. Um... So when Rollins did it the second time, Ali was going to accept it, but then Bobby Lashley attacked him, and he took the challenge. Went to commercial break. He came out, beat the hell out of Seth Rollins. Match doesn't happen. Match doesn't happen. Austin Theory comes out and cashes his Money in the Bank contract for the United States title. I don't think anybody that's won the Money in the Bank has ever cashed in on a mid-card title. I don't believe that's happened. I don't believe that's happened until now. So Theory did that. It looked like he was going to win back the United States title. So it's kind of weird. He's not going to go after the world title. And Rollins beat him because Lashley got involved. After Theory hit the A-Town down on Rollins, Lashley pulled out the referee, beat the hell out of Theory. Theory was able to get back in the ring after he was put in the hurt block when the count was to nine, when the referee finally got back up. He was able to get back in. Rollins curb stomped him. One, two, three. Rollins retained the United States title. Austin Theory loses his Money in the Bank contract. So that truly was a big F feud event from Triple H, honestly. I mean, you got to feel bad for Theory. You really do. This kid was thrown in the fire. He impressed a lot of people, though, honestly. Won the United States title. He is the youngest United States champion of all time, and he is the youngest Money in the Bank winner of all time. Nobody could take that away from him. Should they have given him a championship? You know, honestly, you should have given the kid a shot. I know a lot of people don't like Theory. Well, he could draw a lot of heat. Imagine him beating Roman, like cashing in for one of the titles, like the WWE title. So he can have it on Raw, Roman could just permanently be on SmackDown. And then when Cody comes back, Cody goes to SmackDown. But man, Triple H fucking buried the shit out of Theory. You want to talk about somebody being buried? Triple H really took his shovel and buried Austin Theory. I'm sorry, but he did. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, worship the ground that Triple H... You know, walks on with his booking. He's done good with his booking since he's been the booker right here since Vince has left. I will admit that. I'm not going to be fickle and say, no, 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 no. Like, no, Triple H has been good. He's brought back all these, you know, talents right here like Johnny Gargano, you know, like Hit Row, like Bray Wyatt, like Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. There's another woman he brought back last night. We're talking about that towards the middle right here. So he has done a good job, but right there, that was bad. I mean, you could have given the kid a shot, honestly. I know it would seem crazy. Oh, my God, Austin Theory cashes in on Roman Reigns, and he wins one of the titles. But it would be it would benefit for both sides because Roman would be just permanently on SmackDown, and you could get Cody on SmackDown because we know he's going to go after Roman for WrestleMania, and we know that. And you could have a main champion on Raw. 
And you could do something with Theory. Like, okay, who could he face from Raw? There's somebody there. Kevin Owens. You could do Kevin Owens. Well, probably they're going to do him in... They're probably going to do him in Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania. So that's... You got to scratch that. Um, who else? Who else on Raw could you really have... Uh, Fuck it, why not? Well, I don't know. I was about to say Riddle, but Riddle's going to face Ord most likely. I think when Ord comes back, he's going to turn. And we'll get him versus Riddle at WrestleMania. So that's another one you really can't do. You could do AJ. You could do AJ, honestly. Or even Edge. Why not Edge? Edge versus Theory WrestleMania. Theory beats him. Could you imagine that? How much heat he could draw? Or even if Edge wins the title one more time. Which I would totally be for. Edge wins the title one more time and has a run until he retires. So many things you could have done right there, honestly. So many things. That's all I gotta say. All I gotta say about that. But overall, with Lashley and Lesnar, it was a decent opener. I liked it. Like how Lashley was both like a monster. So I fucking love that. But now let's get to the next match right here for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. We have the Tag Team Champions right here, Alexa Bliss and Oscar, who won the titles back on Raw last week against Damage Control, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. So I got a lot to say about this match. This match was very good. Very good match. It was better than the match they had on Raw last week. This match was very good. I liked it. I actually really, really liked it. I'm going to be completely honest, but the ending, though, it was a head-scratcher. I was like, are you serious? Like, are you fucking serious? Why? It makes no sense, honestly. Well, not that it doesn't make any sense. It was stupid. Because, again, this match was very good. I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite matches of the show. I really liked it. But, honestly, why give Damage Control back the titles? Or why even have them drop the titles back on Raw if they were just going to win it back a few days later? What you could have done, what you could have done was this. You could have just set up the match on Raw for Crown Jewel. You didn't have to have that match in the main event of Raw with Asuka and Alexa winning just for them to lose a few days later. It makes no sense. Why are we going to play hot potato with the tag team titles? I never liked that with any company. No matter what company it is, don't play hot potato with the titles. It doesn't work. People get pissed. I mean, I, 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 I'd rather damage control as tag team champions. I like Dakota and EO as a team over... Alexa and Oscar, it's no disrespect at all. But I'm just saying, like, seriously? And they did tease Alexa with Bray Wyatt, because when Alexa and Oscar were getting interviewed backstage by Byron Saxton, Bray Wyatt's symbol popped up next to Alexa on the on the TV right there. So a little bit of, you know, hints right there. Maybe Alexa's going to rejoin Bray. We'll have to wait and see. He didn't get involved in this match at all, and Nikki Cross did, like, towards the end right when this match was really getting good. And it was good. It was actually it was good all around this match. From start to finish, it was good. I believe the referee wasn't looking. Nikki Cross got involved, attacked Alexa, ran off, and Damage Control won back the women's tag team titles. I mean, part of me was happy for Damage Control because I do like them, honestly. I do like... I do like Dakota and EO. I do. But you didn't have to play hot potato with the titles. They could have just set up the match on Raw. Okay, it's set for Crown Jewel. That's it. it. It was like... It was stupid when... Raquel and Aaliyah won that fucking tournament to become tag team champions over Dakota. And he, oh, but Dakota wasn't the legal person in the match. But then you should have restarted right then and there. Why wait a week later? 
it made no sense. And they, they did wind up winning, but it's like, are you serious? Actually, that's lazy booking. It really is. I mean, again, I'm happy for Dakota and EO because I prefer them over Alexa and Asuka, but I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I know not everybody's... I know Triple H's booking is not going to be perfect, but I mean, you know, that's something you really shouldn't do. I'm just being honest on that. But they're the Tag Team Champions again. Again, it was a really good match. It really was a good match. One of my favorites of the show. It absolutely was. But you could have done that better. You could have just set it up on Raw. There is a crown jewel. Okay, Nikki gets involved. Okay, fine. Fine, that's fine. But don't play out potato with the titles. Don't, don't start doing that. Don't make the titles seem like it's irrelevant. Don't do that shit. But now we get to the next match right here. A steel cage match between Drew McIntyre against Karrion Cross. And I will admit that I will admit this. This match between Drew and Cross was definitely better than their match at Extreme Rules. They had the strap match at Extreme Rules last month. This match was in a steel cage match right here. Back on Saturday. And I thought it was good. I actually liked it. You know, with Karrion Cross. I mean, I never saw him wrestle in NXT because I never really kept up with NXT only than, other than watching the takeovers like years ago. Like 2019, 2020, I really stopped watching the takeovers because I really wasn't interested, honestly. That's just that's just me, though, honestly. Um, Karrion Cross, like, he's, he's a good character, honestly. Like, when he speaks, he's very good. He's a very good talker, honestly. But in the ring, he's very average at best. He really is. Like, we had that match with Madcap Moss a couple weeks ago. I was like, this is very boring. Like, oh my god, this is bad. Like I said, great character. Great character. I will admit that. Great character. Probably one of the best characters on the roster. Because the way that he comes off and he speaks, he's got the girl next to him. Great character. But in the ring, he's very, very average. He really is. He's very average at best. I'm sorry, but he is. I know Triple H likes him, but... And that's another guy he brought back him in Scarlet. I forgot to mention that. But I just... I can't get behind him in the ring. Like, if he was... I can't tell if he was just a character. Well, then he's got to wrestle, obviously. I just can't get behind him in the ring. Like, he's great on promos. Great with, you know, the vignettes and everything. Great entrance, too, with him and Scarlet. Great. In the ring, when it's time to go... Not that good. I think... He hasn't been the same since Adam Cole fucking rose to the shit out of him back in June of last year when Adam Cole was still in WWE back in NXT. I don't think he's been the same since then, honestly. Like, shit. I think people start to realize that maybe this guy really isn't that good in the ring. He's, he's really not. I'm sorry, but he's not. I don't want to disrespect the guy, but he's not that great in the ring. He doesn't get a reaction at times, too. I mean, and granted, granted, he did get fucked over on the main roster when he when he got called up last year. He got beat by Jeff Hardy in three minutes, and it led to nothing. I thought it would be Jeff Hardy versus Cross at the takeover, and they should have done that, honestly. Instead of Joe versus Cross, it should have been Jeff Hardy versus Cross for the NXT title at the last takeover, or whatever it was called, um, the day after SummerSlam last year. Jeff Hardy could have won, and Jeff Hardy could have been the NXT champion, Going into the rebranded NXT 2.0. That would have been cool, honestly. I think they would have drawn some pretty good numbers. With Jeff Hardy as the champion? Like, Jeff Hardy as a world champion in 2021? Oh, wow, that's cool. I think it would have drawn pretty good, honestly. They probably would have drawn a million NXT. They probably would have. I think they could have, honestly. 
That's what I would have done. But, you know, it is what it is. But then Cross dressing up as again. But I was like, what the fuck are they doing to this guy? It was so bad. It was so bad. But his return so far, it just hasn't been all that good. I thought he was going to go after Roman. He hasn't done that yet. I don't think he's going to. The manager drew in Extreme Rules. It was whatever. I mean, I was happy that he won. I was like, okay, he gets a win on pay-per-view. That's nice. You know, in their match at Crown Jewel in the, in the Steel Cage was better, I would say. But still, I think Drew fucking carried him the whole way. I think he did. Drew definitely carried him the whole way. That's just me being honest. It's me being real right there. He just carried him. Great character, very average in the ring. You know, Scarlett tried to get involved. She maced Drew again. She was able to do that. And even though Drew wasn't really looking like he was maced and she was able to hit a Glasnow kiss on fucking Cross and hit the fucking Claymore. And then Scarlett made a mistake, you know, locking the steel cage door. So Drew couldn't escape. So Drew was like, oh, I'm just going to climb out the cage. And then she was able, she was finally able to get the fucking door unlocked again. And Cross tried to get out, but Drew jumped down. And Drew McIntyre gets the win. So now they're one-on-one one against each other. So you definitely have to expect there will be a, um, a grudge match. There definitely will be a grudge match. The question is when. Probably Survivor Series. Most likely Survivor Series. But in what kind of match, though? Because they've had two gimmick matches. They had a strap match, which made sense for Extreme Rules. Because, you know, you got to do gimmick matches at that show, which I've been saying for years. And they just did a steel cage match at Crown Jewel. So what are you going to do now? What else could you really do? That's what I'm thinking. Like, what else could you really do? You could do a three stages of hell match, honestly. That, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe maybe the winner gets a number one contender shot at Roman. Maybe we do get Cross versus Roman. Because, honestly, if you could get Cross versus Roman, maybe Roman could elevate Cross in a way. Maybe Cross could get better with a program with Roman. Just Maybe. Maybe that could be your match at the Royal Rumble, honestly. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you could do that. If Cross can get better in a program with Roman, if he can really elevate himself, like if him and Roman have a banger of a match, that could give him a lot of confidence. I think people will get behind him. Just maybe. Just maybe. But we'll definitely see what happens. But overall, though, better match than they had Extreme Rules. Drew McIntyre gets the win. Let's see when the grudge match happens. Let's now get into the next match right here. We have the OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows versus The Judgment Day, Dominic Mysterio, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley at their side. I will say, honestly, this was the worst match on the card because it was pretty boring, honestly. I was watching like the first 10 minutes in this match, and I thought, this is fucking boring. I was so seriously saying to myself, this shit is boring as fuck, man. Oh, my God. Pick it up a little bit. I thought we'd see some cool spots in this match in the beginning. I mean, towards the end, towards the end, it did pick up. I will admit that. Towards the end of this match, it did pick up. But from the start to the middle way through this match, I was like, oh, my God. This shit is fucking boring, man. Like, pick it up a little bit. Do something. It was just so boring. The crowd was dead as well. I was like, oh my god, this is just bad. I'm sorry. But it was bad. 
I was trying to get into it. I'm like, oh my God, you pick it up. But towards like the end of the match, it finally started to pick up. I'm like, all right, let's fucking go here. We saw some pretty cool spots. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah, but then Rhea Ripley got involved. I forgot who she low blow. Did she low blow Gallows again? I believe that she did. And honestly, I didn't have a problem with the victor in this match, or the victors in this match. I had no problem with that. I will say that, though. I didn't have a problem with who won this match, which was the Judgment Day. And I'll tell you, I don't even remember how the match ended. I know Rhea Ripley got involved. You know, I forgot how the finish happened. I believe Balor hit the coup de grace on AJ. I believe he got the pin on AJ. Actually, that I remember. But the majority of this match, I was, like, tuned out of this match, honestly. I'm sorry, but I was. I hate to even say that about any type of match, but I was just tuned out of this. I honestly could care less because it was just a boring match, honestly. Again, towards the end, towards the end, it did pick up. It did pick up. But I was like... God, like a majority of this match, I was just like, can we see something cool here, please? You know, can we pick it up a little bit here, guys? That'd be very nice. Because even people like on social media are like, oh my God, this is the most boring match on the card right here. Like, Jesus. It was, it was bad, honestly. Just my honest opinion, I thought it was bad. But again, towards the end, picked up a little bit. And we Ripley got involved. I believe she low-blowed Gallows. And then Bow hit the coup de grace. He hit the crude and gross. On a fucking AJ. And the Judgment Day gets the win. So the Judgment Day gets the win. Now speaking again of the Judgment Day. And what happened here. And seeing what happened with the OC and the Judgment Day. So... It, and you know Seth Rollins had that United States Open Challenge last night, so he did it in the middle of the show. But of course, towards the end, he was able to finally do it. You know, Rollins was like, "Say okay, who's going to come out right here?" So the Judgment Day comes out, and Balor basically accepted the challenge. You know, he said he's got a bone to pick with Seth, but then the OC comes out, and then Rollins just like walks away. All right, not my problem. Whatever, I'll do my challenge later on. And AJ said, "There's always been four of you and three of us." Now there is four of us. Because this girl picked the OC. We didn't pick her. She picked us. And it was Mia Yim. She attacked Rhea Ripley outside the ring. As Mia Yim makes her return to WWE. And the OC finally stands tall against the Judgment Day. Now it's finally even 4 for 4 And honestly, Mia Yim joining the OC, not bad, honestly. I think that elevates her a lot. Because she isn't a bad worker. She was great on NXT. She got ruined with that whole reckoning character and fucking retribution. That really ruined the fuck out of her. Ruined everybody in that group, you know. Uh, ruined uh, Dokovac, however you say his last name. Uh, is it Dokovac, I believe? Uh, I, don't, I don't fucking know. It ruined Shane Thorne. It ruined Dio Madden, who's now Massey. It ruined him too. It ruined Ali. When he became the leader, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah, but good for me and though. She's back in WWE. She's with the OC. This elevates her. It absolutely elevates her. Honestly, what they should do next week on Raw, do her versus Rhea Ripley. One-on-one. Nobody gets involved. After the match, people can get involved. Like, okay, there be a brawl after. Let them go at it one-on-one. Nice, good old school 
one-on-one -on -one match. Nobody gets involved. Judgment Day is banned from ringside, and the OC is banned from ringside. Let them have a nice one-on-one -on -one match. That's all I ask for. Even if you want to do in the main event, screw it. Do in the main event. That's great. That, that's even better. They kind of did tease Rhea Ripley going after Bianca Belair. Because backstage, you know, after the Judgment Day was talking about, you know, the OC and everything, me and being back, Bianca Belair was walking in the hallway and Rhea Ripley said, champ. So it kind of like plants in the sea where Rhea Ripley might go after Bianca next. After the whole feud with, uh, you know, Bailey and Damage Control. That's what it seems like. But hey, listen, congratulations to me and him. She's back in WWE. And like I said, I think her being with the OC, I think it absolutely elevates her. It makes her a lot better. I think it does. I honestly think it does. It's a good way to start her back here in the WWE. I honestly think it is. We're now getting to the next match here with Crown Jewel. Even though it was a short match, even though it was a short match, I liked it. Braun Strowman versus Omos. And when I saw this match on the card, or when they, you know, were building up towards this match, I thought to myself, this is going to go two ways. Either one, it's going to be good, which it absolutely was. Or two, it's going to fucking suck. Because, you know, Omos, he hasn't been the best, honestly. We know how good Strowman can be in the ring. We obviously know that with Omos, eh... This was definitely the best match of Omos' career. It absolutely fucking was. I will say that. I will sit here and say that was the best match that Omos has had so far in his career. I think this could make him better. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be a world champion. I'm not saying that at all. I think this match with Strowman, I think it's going to make him better. And honestly, I love the confidence out of Omos in this match. He was trash-talking Strowman, and he had... A majority of control in this match against Braun. He had a majority of control. He controlled this match like 90% over Strowman. He was trash talking him the whole match. I was like, oh my god, like, this guy sounds confident right here. Like, Omos doesn't sound like, you know, all fake or whatever or like forced. Like, no, this guy sounds legit right here. Like, oh my god. It's like you've never seen Strowman get manhandled either. And he's manhandled. Obviously, the size difference, of course. But, jeez, he makes Strowman look very small. He really does. He really does. Gotta give Omos a lot of credit, though. That's a lot of confidence right there. Like, that sounded like confidence when he was trash-talking Strowman. It absolutely did. It absolutely fucking did. It sounded like a lot of confidence right there. I mean, that was really good. That was really, really good. I will give him a lot of credit right there. Gotta give him a lot, a lot of credit. And I really liked it. I really enjoyed this match. It was, you know, praised by a lot of people as well. This match was praised by a lot of people, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. It deserved to be praised. It absolutely deserved to be praised. Because these two killed it. It was a short match, but these two killed it. It was great. It was done perfectly. 
But towards the end, Strowman right here picked it up against Omos. Was able to, you know, was able to prevail. When he fucking slammed Omos, I was like, holy shit, like this is 400 plus pounds that he just slammed. I mean, we, know, we know how strong Strowman is. We know that. When he slammed Omos, I was like, wow. And he got the win. And it doesn't hurt Omos at all because Omos had control of this match, like 90%, like I said. 90% of this match, he had control. Like, I don't know if these two are ever going to go at it again. I think they should, honestly. They honestly should. Do it at WrestleMania. Have Omos get revenge at WrestleMania or something. Or let them go at it on a Raw or SmackDown. They tie up. So Omos wins. You do it at WrestleMania. Because why not? And let them go like 10, 15 minutes. Let's see what they can do. Let them just beat the shit out of each other completely. You know, where it's like 50-50. Like Omos beats him up. Strowman beats him up. You know what I mean? Like, do that. That's what I would do. And obviously the topic of the day is, you know, Strowman on fucking Twitter, the things he was saying. It's just like, if he was a heel, honestly, it would make sense with some of the things that Strowman was saying. Like he was making fun of the flippy floppers, like the high flying type of wrestlers. It's like, if he was a heel, it makes sense. Okay, you're trying to get heat. Okay, it's working, but you're a baby face. Like, Strowman is a babyface in WWE right now. He is. But he's acting like a heel. Like I said, if he was a heel, this makes sense. But him saying this shit on Twitter, being a babyface, it just sounds stupid. But as a heel, but as a heel, different story. Then I would have no problem with it. Like, oh, he's gaining heat. I like it. But Strowman, man, he just has to stay off social media because he just says stupid things over and over again. Like, the whole thing with... With COVID back in 2020, like how he went after Evil Uno, because I don't know if Evil Uno made a GoFundMe account, something like that, for like indie wrestlers, and Strowman criticized him. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You know, COVID affected a lot of the independent wrestlers, man, because this is independent, right? This isn't WWE or AEW or any big wrestling company. You know, indie wrestling companies were suffering completely through the pandemic. A lot of them had to go out of business for a while, you know, because they can't pay the wrestlers. They have to worry about paying for their own bills. And Strowman, the shit that he said right there to Evil Uno, I was like, like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, you got a lot of money in your bank account. Why don't you donate some to help out the indie wrestlers? He just, he just looked very, very stupid right there. That was bad. That was bad. But then the whole thing with him and control your narrative and everything, how it's going to last longer than AEW, I mean... He's one of the founders of Control Your Narrative, and he's out of it. Because, you know, money talks, obviously. Uh, I think Strowman, he's great in the ring, honestly. He really is, but he needs to just stay off fucking social media because he just says stupid things over and over again. Again, if he was a heel, you wouldn't hear me complain. I'd be praising him right now saying, you know what? He's doing a good fucking job. He's doing, a heel. He's doing what a heel should do. But you're a babyface. It doesn't make much sense. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say right there. But overall, though, back to the match, done perfectly. By two big men, it was done perfectly. So now we got three more matches to talk about. We have the Usos defending their WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships against the Brawling Brutes. And I liked it. 
I like this match. I thought it was good. I actually really like this match between the Usos and the Brawling Brutes. Didn't expect the Brawling Brutes to win, obviously, because I don't know. Actually, I do know, honestly, what the Usos are going to lose to WrestleMania. Oh, well. I've already said the date right there. I do think they are going to lose to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, because I think eventually Sami's going to get kicked out of the bloodline, and Kevin Owens will save him, and that'll be a match at WrestleMania. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Versus the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team titles. That's just what I think. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that's the perfect way to go. And we finally get KO and Sammy as Tag Team Champions because they were a team for a while. I don't believe they won the Tag Team titles, though. They didn't. They didn't win the Tag Team titles at all. Which was a shame. That would be really cool. So, I would love to see it. I really would. I haven't seen KO in a while, though, so I'm wondering when he's going to be back on television. Um, maybe for War Games, just maybe. Um, but again, back to this match, it was good. It was a good match right here. I liked it. You know, I hopefully Butch, you know, changed his name back to Pete Dunne pretty soon. That would be nice. And Rich Holland, not that bad in this match. I liked it. I liked this match. Hopefully we'll see Sheamus come back soon so we can get Sheamus versus Roman, which I think we're probably going to get. Or maybe Sheamus versus Gunther again. Maybe Sheamus gets him this time, which would be nice. Um, but yeah, I like this match. I really did. It was a good tag team match. Usos look great as always. Brawling Brutes, they look great in this match too. They've had a nice run so far, the Brawling Brutes, since they've been with Sheamus. They honestly have had a nice run. I believe they beat the New Day at WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken. They did beat Imperium at Extreme Rules. So they've been booked pretty good, honestly. You know, and Sheamus really, like, turned his career around. I mean, well, I shouldn't say really turn his career around, you know, with the whole, you know, banger term and everything. I mean, he's always been a good wrestler, Sheamus. He always has been. He's always been a great character. He's always been a great wrestler. He always has been. That never went away. That's always been there. I guess people don't like him or didn't like him. I don't fucking love him. You know, I get it, but he did his job correctly then. You know, he honestly did. But he's, he's always been good. He's been good in WWE since 09 since he's been here. When he made his debut on ECW in 09. He's always been good. And Vince definitely made the right decision to give him the WWE title right away. Because he had a rocket up his ass, Sheamus. And he earned it. And he fucking took the ball and ran with it. Absolutely did. And he hasn't stopped. But overall, though, good tag team match. Loved it. Thought it was great. Usos retained the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. As expected. Not in a bad way. Because there is a bigger picture. They are facing the New Day here on Friday for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. So, I think the Usos, I don't know how many days they are away from breaking the New Day's record. for longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions. I believe they are pretty close. I think maybe next week they break it. I think that's why they're doing them versus the New Day this Friday. Honestly, with this match coming up on Friday, we know how many great matches we've seen out of the Usos and the New Day. So do this. Do this right here. Don't have anybody get involved. This match right here means a lot. Nobody should get involved in this match. Nobody from the bloodline, not Solo, not Sammy, not even Roman, not Paul Heyman. Nobody gets involved in this match. Nobody should get involved in this match at all. Or even like say if Biggie, if Biggie made his return, no, don't get him involved either. Even if he was cleared to. And hopefully we see him back in the ring pretty soon. Hopefully the Royal Rumble praying for that. I hope that he's doing well right now. But again, 
Nobody should get involved in this match at all. Nobody should get involved. Let this match be what it is. Don't let anyone get involved. Let the Usos beat the New Day clean. Let them break the record cleanly. That's what I would do right there. Don't let anybody get involved. Don't let anybody ruin this moment. That's all that I'm saying. Just don't let anybody ruin this moment. That's all that I'm saying right there. That's all that I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say, and we'll see what happens on SmackDown. But now getting to the next match right here. Getting to the next match right here for the WWE Royal Women's Championship. We have Bianca Belair defending her WWE Royal Women's Championship against Bayley. So it's a rematch here from Extreme Rules. They went at it in a ladder match at Extreme Rules. Bianca prevailed, and this match was a last woman's standing match. And the funny thing is, nobody got involved in this match. I was actually really surprised Damage Control didn't get involved. That actually kind of surprised me, I'm not going to lie. It honestly surprised me that Damage Control did not get involved in this match. It really did. It, no, it honestly did. It was a clean match the whole way. Well, well obviously, there was dirty tactics from Bailey in this match, but nobody got involved. Nobody. It was just one-on-one. A one-on-one match. That was it. And it was great. It was great. There was one spot in this match I didn't like. That was the whole, like, uh, golf cart spot where fucking Bailey was on top of the golf cart and Bianca was driving. It was kind of funny. I should have said the spot after, like, where fucking Bianca went for the powerbomb through the table. And she missed. Completely missed the table right there, powerbomb Bailey. I was like, holy shit. But they made up for the spot. They did it over. Bianca was able to powerbomb power bomb her through the table. It was done correctly. But I was like, Jesus. The way that Bailey landed right there. I was like, she's lucky she wasn't concussed. I was hoping that she wasn't concussed. I was like, oh, fuck. I know it happens in wrestling. Mistakes happen. But I was like, Jesus, man. Whoa. But they were able to do it correctly again. She was able to do the powerbomb correctly. Powerbomb through the table. I thought the match would be it right there. But Bailey just kept on fighting back. She just kept on fighting back. Kept on fighting back in this match. And so did Bianca too. She was taking a beating from Bailey as well. But she just kept on fighting back. These two ladies just kept on beating the shit out of each other in this match. They just absolutely did. So towards the end right here, Bianca, I believe she, did, she hit the KOD on Bailey, And Bailey looked like she was going to keep getting back up until Bianca trapped her in the ladder. She almost kind of pulled like a John Cena. Or she pretty much did pull a John Cena versus Batista back Extreme Rules where John Cena like duct taped Batista's fucking legs to the... Um, the ring post. So it was almost kind of similar in a way. It was pretty creative there by Bianca because it worked, and Bailey was not able to get back up, and Bianca Belair retains the WWE Raw Women's Championship. So her reign reigns supreme. So we'll see who our next challenge is going to be. We know we're getting at War Games right here. You know, it's Bailey. So far, it's Bailey and Damage Control. Um, Io Sky and Dakota Kai and Nikki Cross 
So one more need, one more person needs to be added versus Bianca Belair and Alexa and Asuka. Two more people need to be added on that side. So we'll see who else will be in that match for Survivor Series War Games on the 26th. Have to wait and see. Apparently, Charlotte Flair is coming back. So I don't know if she'll be on Bailey's side or Bianca's side, but she is going to come back in the ring pretty soon, and she apparently is going to go after Bianca, which I'll be down to see. I don't want to see Charlotte win. I'd rather see Bianca lose to somebody fresh and new, kind of like EO. You know, I wouldn't want to see Charlotte win the title. I wouldn't mind seeing the match, but if Charlotte wins, it's like, seriously? Just have Charlotte go back to SmackDown and beat Ronda, because Ronda fucking sucks. That's just the honest truth. Um, but now we get to the Bray Wyatt segment right here. So he comes out, and, you know, he's cut a pretty similar promo that he's cut so far on SmackDown. You know, him talking about being back in WWE, you know, in the crowd, cheering for him, you know, him getting used to this all over again. It's great to have Bray Wyatt back in wrestling. It absolutely is. So he is building that whole, like, Wyatt Six, you know, faction right here. And that whole Uncle Howdy, you know, character showed up again on the screen. A lot of people thought it was going to be Malachi Black, but he, him and the House of Black come back to AEW pretty soon. They just showed a vignette back on Dynamite on Wednesday, so that's out of the picture. Apparently, it might be Bo Dallas, who is Bray Wyatt's real-life brother, which would be cool, honestly. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing him join Bray Wyatt, him join his brother in faction, I'd be totally down to see that. So we don't know who he is right now, you know. Or maybe maybe it's just Bray. Maybe Bray's doing the whole, like, you know, split personality thing like he's done his whole career. Because I'm wondering, who is Bray Wyatt going to feud with first? Because nobody has gotten involved with him just yet. Nobody just yet has gotten involved with Bray Wyatt. Nobody's confronted him on his promos. Nothing. He hasn't mentioned anybody. So you have to think to yourself, okay, who's going to be his first big match? Are they going to save him for a long while? Are they going to wait till like, WrestleMania? That's a long way to go. I don't think you want to drag and drag and drag and drag this along. You know what I mean? I don't think they want to drag this along like crazy till then. I doubt they'll do that. So I honestly don't know who you could have him wrestle, though. Like, who could be his first big match? He's obviously going to wrestle WrestleMania. We know that. But against who, though, is the question. That's the big question right there. Who will he face at WrestleMania? That's a long ways away. But who knows? I don't think he's going to go after Roman. Because why? Just to lose? It makes no sense. He's not going to beat Roman. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Maybe if Theory would have won one of the belts, maybe he'd go after Theory. Well, he's on SmackDown, Bray. Never, never mind, never mind, never mind. Sorry. He's on SmackDown. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Unless you want to switch him over to Raw. But you know what? No, forget it. Forget it. Yeah, that's my fault. So I honestly don't know, but I'm happy that Bray Wyatt's, you know, back in WWE. I've been happy for a month since he returned. Just the big question is, like I said, who is he going to face? Who is going to be his first big match? That remains to be seen. But now we get to the main event of the evening, right? What was the it was afternoon over here? So of the day, let's say, for the WWE Undisputed Championship. Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, the WWE Undisputed World Champion, World Universal Champion, versus Logan Paul in his third ever wrestling match. 
And I gotta admit, man, and I gave Logan Paul his props at SummerSlam against the Miz. This fucking kid, who I really have despised for a long time, and I'll tell you why, the whole thing in Japan, you know, in the, uh, the Suicide Forest, you know, where he was recording, him and his buddies were laughing. I mean, I've gotten over that now, honestly. I thought his apology was bullshit, honestly. The apology video he made, I thought it was kind of bullshit. That's just me, though. He was, like, reading off the paper to the side it looked like. It didn't seem was very genuine. But it was a mistake. People do make mistakes. You know, was was it genuine? Well, I can't speak for somebody if it was genuine or not. That's my honest opinion. I didn't think it was, but maybe it was. It's my opinion. It's not a fact. I'm just stating my opinion right there. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about others' opinions. They want to disagree. It's an opinion. It's not a fact. So don't get your panties in a twist. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. But, you know, ever since then, he really has redeemed himself, honestly. You know... He's done a whole lot of things. Well, I shouldn't say I despise them forever because I liked him on Vine. I liked him and his brother on Vine. I thought they were pretty funny. Him and his brother Jake. But look at them, though. They went from Vine stars to big stars to mega stars, even. I mean, that is true. You have to say they are mega stars. They absolutely are. They've gotten the boxing world. Jake Paul, I, I believe, is undefeated. I believe Logan's undefeated as well. Logan Paul went rounds with Floyd Mayweather. I know it was an exhibition. I believe, I believe it was a draw. But he went up against Floyd Mayweather, one of the best boxers ever. Definitely the best of this generation. Not the best ever. The best is obviously Muhammad Ali. That, that's not for debate. In my honest opinion. But, you know, that's whatever. Um, but you got to give him credit. got to give them both credit. They went from kids in Ohio making six-second videos to being in the main events on pay-per-view. It's, it's, a, it's awesome, honestly. It is. And Logan Paul getting to be in the ring with Roman Reigns. Who would have thought that in 2022? No, no, seriously. Who would have thought that? Who honestly would have thought that? And this guy, he takes it seriously. Just like Bad Bunny's taking it seriously when he's been in the ring. When it was him and Priest versus Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania last year. Or when he was in the Royal Rumble this year. They've taken it seriously. These guys are taking it seriously. Even Johnny Knox when he wrestled Sami Zayn at WrestleMania this year. You know, the celebrities they brought in, they've taken it fucking seriously. They really have. They honestly have. And this match was awesome. Definitely the best match of the night. And it wasn't... It wasn't like a whole, like, storytelling kind of match. Like, there was a lot of action. You know, like, when Roman faced Drew McIntyre at Clash of the Castle, it was a long match, honestly. There was a lot of storytelling and all this shit. It was kind of boring for a while. It picked up a lot towards the end, but it was, like, just boring in the beginning. But there was action in this match. And, of course, Roman left the ring for a little bit, you know, like, what the fuck, this kid's not going down so easily. Oh, my God, what do I have to do to beat him right here? Maybe I can't beat him. Like, oh, my God, maybe he is going to get lucky against me. Could you imagine that? I was like, holy shit. I mean, even I was thinking, like, maybe Logan will get lucky. Maybe he actually will beat Roman Reigns. That's why Roman's really good at that right there. He starts to make you believe, like, he's going to get beaten. But in the end, not just yet. But, man, Logan, he was fucking awesome in the match. And Roman elevated him, too. Absolutely did. Absolutely elevated him in this match. Seriously did. 
but all the spots they had in this match. Logan did a buckshot lariat on Roman Reigns. I was like, oh my god. He did it perfectly too. And this man tore his meniscus, his MCL, and his ACL in this match, and he finished the match. So sadly, we're not going to see Logan for a long while right now. He's going to obviously miss WrestleMania, so we're probably not going to see him until next year's SummerSlam. Because I'm sure there were plans for him at WrestleMania. I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were, but that's... Right now, it is kind of out of the picture. I mean, maybe by some miracle he could be at WrestleMania. That would be insane. He'll probably host. They'll probably have him like Kim and Jake host WrestleMania, which is fair. I don't, have, I don't mind that at all. You could do that right there and have somebody attack him and set up a match for SummerSlam. You could honestly do that. Or for the next Saudi Arabia show, which is going to be next May, if it's clear to compete by then. You could do that. You could honestly do that. I'm not against it. But he's made a believer out of me. Like He takes the shit fucking seriously. I don't know if he'll ever wrestle full-time with WWE. I, I really doubt it. But I wouldn't mind seeing him full-time, honestly. I wouldn't mind seeing him wrestle once every couple weeks like on Raw or SmackDown. Even if you throw him in NXT for a little bit. I wouldn't mind it. I honestly wouldn't mind it because he takes this shit seriously. Which is good. Because you would think some celebrities would be like, oh, whatever, this and that. Like, no, he's taking this shit fucking seriously. And then we saw, like, the Usos come out and they went after his entourage. And then Jake Paul comes out. He comes out, he's going after the Usos. And fucking, I believe Solo got involved as well. And this is the best spot of the match when Logan Paul did the fucking... He did an elbow drop from the top rope onto Roman Reigns onto the announce table. He was recording it too. It went, I think, got 40 million views right now. I was like, oh my god. The fact that he did that perfectly. Unreal. Unreal. I don't know which spot he got hurt in, Logan. Like some people said he, it was the buckshot lariat that tore his MCL, ACL, meniscus. Some people said it was the table spot. I'm not sure which one it was. Like if I had to take an educated guess, I probably would say the buckshot lariat, the way he probably landed, I guess. Maybe it was that, or maybe it was a table spot, I'm not too sure. But man, this match is awesome. Got a lot of praise as well. Especially, I love that spot, like when fucking Roman did the punch right there, when Logan Paul was going for a big punch from the top rope. And then it seemed like Logan had it in the bag. It seemed like he did. After the Usos were chased off, Logan went back into the ring. Roman... Boom, Superman punch. Or even before that, Logan was able to get that knockout punch on Roman, I believe twice in a row. And it seemed like it was going to be it. Even the frog splash too. 2.9999. So damn close. But Roman was able to hit with the Superman punch. Got him with the spear. One, two, three. And the tribal chief remains on top as he is still the WWE undisputed world champion. Wow. A lot of props to Logan Paul right here. This main event. A lot of props. A lot of props right here to Logan Paul, man. He fucking nailed it. He really fucking nailed it. I will admit that, though. Awesome. Awesome main event. It was a good show. It was an absolute good show, man. I loved it. Great main event. Awesome main event. Love this main event. 
one of the best main events I've seen this year. Honestly, I'm being completely honest. But you have to think to yourself now, who's next for Roman? Because we know the Royal Rumble's right around the corner in a couple months. I don't think he's going to be at the Survivor Series. Unless if he shows up on SmackDown this Friday. I'm not sure if he will. So, obviously, he will, he'll be at the Royal Rumble. The question is, against two. That's the main question. That's the main question right there. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see right there. But what a main event. And I can't wait to see Logan Paul back in the ring. Just imagine we get Roman Reigns versus Bad Bunny next. That would... That would be really good, too, honestly. That really would. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to that shit at all. I wouldn't mind it. But that was great, guys. Great fucking man, man. Loved it. Good show, too. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. So with wrestling going forward, I'll just review the pay-per-views because it's a lot to do. Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, Rampage. So I'll just review the pay-per-views. So next time we'll talk wrestling will be the day after Full Gear. So I'll review Full Gear for you guys. And, of course... With Survivor Series, will be the day after as well. I'll review it. Survivor Series War Games, I should say. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I hope you guys in- that watch Crown Jewel. I hope you guys enjoy it as well, just like I did. And enjoy this episode. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow with my Week 10 predictions for the 2022 NFL season. Talk to you then, guys.